Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Older adults who volunteer and engage in more hours of volunteering report higher levels of well-being, greater functional ability, and lower rates of depression. In addition, the social interaction and sense of accomplishment volunteering offers can provide a greater sense of purpose and general life satisfaction for older adults. Today, my guest is Lisa Fikes, President and CEO of Leadership Center for Excellence and Volunteer Arlington. She's going to talk about the value of volunteering for older adults and the many opportunities that are out there that older adults can pursue in the community. So welcome, Lisa, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much, Cheryl, for having me. Really appreciate you inviting us and welcoming us to your show. And it's nice to be with you again. Yes. After after four years, it just goes to show there's some continuity in in the whole area of volunteering. So let's get started by talking about volunteering. I'm really, because you've been doing this now for such a long period of time, Explain to us, why should older adults think about volunteering? Well, well, Cheryl, you really hit the nail on the head in your introduction. There are so many wonderful, wonderful reasons for people of all ages to volunteer, but certainly for older adults who are looking for ways to give back, who have a wisdom and experience that they can bring to the table and that they can offer to their community. There are certainly benefits to the community and having their involvement. But I also think, um, as with any volunteer, there are benefits for self as well. And that certainly relates to older adults um, as much as it relates to people of all ages who choose to volunteer. Certainly for older adults, um, that social interaction that you touched on, um, that that ability to put skills um, to practice and and put um, time to to good use, um, all those things bring benefit to everybody involved. And maybe what you could do is because of, of, as I said, many adults are, older adults are volunteering. You got any examples? I was just curious to kind of get down a little bit more as to, you know, some of the folks that are volunteering or have volunteered. What, what have you seen in terms of how it benefits these, these activities benefit older adults' well-being? 
Well, that's a great question. And and it varies. There are lots of wonderful ways that people can give back. I was visiting um, a community center in Arlington last week, and it was wonderful visiting with um, a couple of the volunteers who were actually retired. And when I was um, interviewing and talking to one of them, I said, why do you do this? He said, I'm retired and I have the time to be able to give back and to make a difference. And specifically, when you look at this past year and as it relates to emergency management, um, those volunteers who said, you know what, I have the time, there is a need. Um, and especially once they're vaccinated and putting themselves in a situation where they can be of support to the community, whether it's at a vaccination site and helping to direct, direct traffic um, or whether it's actually um, helping with food deliveries. Um, you see those examples specifically even this past year of people who are older coming and really making a difference um, in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And have you even heard examples of really improving uh, a volunteer's physical and mental health? Have they have they shared those kind of stories with you? You know, you really can just see it on their faces. When, when I see people volunteering of all ages, and certainly when I was um, visiting with those volunteers even just last week, you see it on their faces. Um, the smile on their faces and the happiness and joy it brings of being together with others and, and knowing that what they're doing is making a difference um, really is wonderful. So, so you really can see it on their faces. And are you finding that, I mean, there's different kinds of volunteer opportunities, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, but but I was wondering if some of the volunteer opportunities are ones that help organizations that in the past maybe were done by staff or even in the future. What are you seeing in, in, in so far as those kinds of uh, opportunities? Well, certainly for some of the nonprofits in the area, the, um, their fundraising has, has changed and shifted, and they might have had to change some of their staff. So the need to have some of those roles covered by people who are skilled and able to bring um, an experience to the table um, is certainly a gift and a benefit um, in the midst of this past year. But also, when you just look at it in general, I know um, for us at Volunteer Arlington, we have people who are retired who are serving on committees um, or on on boards, and and I know the benefit that they have brought to um, to those groups, to those committees, to those boards is really making a specific difference. So lots of ways to bring those skills not only um, to the inner workings um, of the day to day activities for various nonprofits, but certainly in the strategic thinking as well of um, what does this look like moving forward and how can we um, think and plan as a group to make a difference and be able to benefit from the wisdom and the experience that the um, retired volunteers can bring to the table in those roles as well is certainly helpful. And you mentioned already in terms of the, the near term, have there been a lot of changes? Um, with volunteer opportunities in a larger realm uh, because of COVID? Uh, are people kind of venturing out more now? Were there more, um, less opportunities before? Are people more nervous? And kind of explain to us what's evolving now as people are vaccinated or insofar as, as possible opportunities. What are you seeing? Yeah, well, great question. You know, a year ago, things really did come to a halt as far as in-person volunteering. And the only times that people were being brought together was really with food distribution or those emergency management needs um, and, and as needed because everybody was hunkered down. And so um, those volunteer opportunities really um, 
scaled back um, slowly but surely. Um, and certainly I would say that people who were at risk um, and certainly before the vaccination, everybody needed to be super, super careful. So you saw um, everything come a little bit to a, a slowdown about a little over a year ago. Um, but that's starting to change. And as um, people are getting vaccinated and, and getting a little bit more comfortable, we've got some safety precautions um, in place that you're seeing people starting to come back. You're seeing people not just doing the virtual volunteering, not just giving, not just um, being engaged from a distance, but starting to slowly but surely come back, whether it is um, through the food distributions, through other programs, um, you're starting to see that happen. It's nice to see um, to see that happening and to see the nonprofits um, excited about welcoming their volunteers back where they can. Well, and that's a good segue into learning more about your organization. So explain to us, what is Volunteer Arlington? How long has it been around? What it's, what's its history and mission? Give us an overview of, of your organization. Yeah, Volunteer Arlington is a public-private partnership between Arlington County and the Leadership Center for Excellence. Um, it originally started in Arlington County, and about five years ago, Leadership Center for Excellence, formerly known as Leadership Arlington, acquired the contract from from Arlington County to run Volunteer Arlington. And Volunteer Arlington's role is to connect individuals and groups and businesses with volunteer opportunities. So we do that with our various nonprofit and county partners. Um, when we first started, and it's coming up on five years, which is hard to believe with this public-private partnership, um, we said, okay, we're going to start from scratch. We're going to start to, obviously, if you want people to volunteer, you've got to have places to go volunteer. And so we reached out to the community, to the county organizations, to our nonprofit safety net and organizations and others and said, we'd like for you to be a part of this platform. And we invited them to come on to the Volunteer Arlington platform, which you can find at volunteerarlington.org, and to become what we call a partner. And so our partners are those nonprofit and county organizations, the nonprofits that are 501c3s, who are looking to place volunteers. So you'll recognize them, a good many of those um, in a variety of areas of impact, everything from AFAC, working with food distribution, um, Meals on Wheels through the county's program, uh, the Arlington Free Clinic, uh, aspire after school learning that the list goes on and on, like I said, with over 250 partners. Um, and you can browse those different partners on our website. You can find out a little bit about their mission. Um, and you can also find what volunteer opportunities might be out there. Um, so that's a little bit about what we do. We, we connect people through that digital portal so people can see who our partners are and where the needs are. We also have various events throughout the year where people can connect in person, at least when we're not in COVID, um, and to be able to meet people in person and meet those organizations in person. But big picture, we're trying to engage the community in civic engagement. Part of that's volunteerism. Part of that's um, listening and learning to what the causes are and how to be um, engaged and how to be involved. Part of that's educating around um, the power of civic engagement in a variety of different areas, whether it's listening and learning about a cause, whether it's donating, whether it's how you can advocate for a cause that you care about, um, whether it's actually volunteering in person, or now we learned this past year, there are ways to volunteer at a distance or virtually. So there are lots of different ways to connect with not just volunteerism, but with civic engagement in general. And that's the hub we hope to be for the community. Well, and we're going to be talking about some of those other activities that you just mentioned a little bit later in the program. But I also wanted to hear about 
another organization or program, I guess it's a program, the Retired Senior Volunteer Program, RSVP. What is that? And, and is that really the entity that is more involved with older adult volunteer activities? It is. Um, RSVP, Retired Senior Volunteer Program, um, is a way to connect people who are older with volunteerism. I'm going to give you a quick history lesson, if that's okay. Sure. You've heard of the Peace Corps, um, where people go and volunteer um, internationally. And then there's also um, AmeriCorps, and and for people who want to volunteer here locally. Um, This is part of the corporation for, or the, um, oh gosh, now I'm blanking on the name, Um, but the community um, organization that's a national organization that brings together volunteers. So they've got AmeriCorps. They've also got what's called Senior Corps. And this is a federal agency that works with uh, volunteerism. And within that Senior Corps is the program called RSVP. And so Northern Virginia has a grant from that federal agency to connect retired individuals who are interested in volunteering. So it's part of Senior Corps. RSVP is one of those programs. And RSVP Northern Virginia is a, is a collaboration between Volunteer Fairfax, Volunteer Arlington, and Volunteer Alexandria. Um, and what it allows is for people to come Um, to get trained um, if they are retired, if they're over 55 or older, um, and learn about the ways that they can be engaged. Some of the benefits of going through this program is there's a social element as well. They also will support you in in getting you placed with a particular organization under certain um, cause areas. They will also pay for any of your transportation um, to where you're going to volunteer. So some great benefits from being a part of that program. Um, And it's a way for for them to be a part of the greater whole um, within America of encouraging older adults to give back and to serve. And does RSVP have a separate website that people would need to, or if they were interested, would contact? They do. But if you go to the Volunteer Arlington website under volunteer, um, there's a volunteer portal. It says retired, and we can link you to that. But it's RSVP Northern Virginia, and you can find that link on the Volunteer Arlington website. Okay. So that's really the relationship between Volunteer Arlington and RSVP. And and exactly. is there any overlap then if people volunteer with Volunteer Arlington versus RSVP? What's kind of the relationship of the, the two organizations, especially regarding how they work with older adults? Is, is there some overlap? Well, seeing as two different ways that you can volunteer, depending on what your priorities are. If you would like to really get socially connected and have a little bit more of a handholding experience where you have a, a training and, and there are select um, organizations that they work with under the cause areas under that um, federal grant, then RSVP might be the route that you want to take. If instead you say, you know what, I'm going to figure this out on my own and I'd like to look at a variety of different organizations and um, I'm going to take it and run with it, then you can just generally use the Volunteer Arlington portal um, and the resources that we have and get connected directly to the organizations that you'd like to volunteer with. So we all work together. It's all for the good. It's all in trying to connect people to the ways to give back. But depending on how much, I would say, um, involvement you'd like to have in that journey of figuring out where you want to serve, um, RSVP might or might not be the right fit for you. And are you finding that the organizations, these partner organizations, 
Do they often ask for older adult volunteers? And and if so, are there specific types of activities or opportunities that you see more that the right fit is the an, an older adult? What do you see? Yeah, I think especially, I think there are lots of opportunities. I know a lot of the meal deliveries, things that need to take place during the day that might or might not work with people's work schedules. If somebody's retired and they have the time during the day, for example, to do a Meals on Wheels or to possibly do um, tutoring with a child right after school, that doesn't always fit with people who have a work schedule where they're in the office or, or working virtually from home, you know, from eight to five or six. So people that have the time to do those things during the, the day, there's a real need um, for people who can offer um, their expertise and that time um, during the day. So I would say certainly there is a need. I would also offer up though, Cheryl, that, and I say this to all volunteers, Even if you don't see an opportunity on our site, but there's a cause or an organization that you're interested in learning about, I strongly encourage volunteers to to take that first step and say, you know what, I've got these skills and I've got this passion of caring about this cause and this organization. And I encourage people just to have that conversation because that what you have to offer might or might not be a, a posted opportunity on our site. But it might be just the gift that they were looking for that they didn't know they needed. And and I see that happen time and time again with people who have a passion, who have something they care about. They know that there's an organization organization that is meeting that need for the community and they simply start a conversation. And and I can't say that enough, um, that, that starting that conversation and being in dialogue and then saying, you know, these are the things that I could bring to the table. How could I be of service with what your mission is and what your needs are? Those conversations can so, so many times be magical and open the doors to all kinds of opportunity. I know the chair of our MLK Advisory Council, literally, that happened. She and I had a conversation where she was about to retire from a federal organization. And she said, you know, I'm going to have time on my hands, but I have a lot to offer. I have a lot to give. And I said, well, gosh. We know that we're thinking about doing an MLK Day of Service, but we're not quite sure what that's going to look like. Would you be willing to be on the journey with us? Well, five years later and thousands of volunteers later, this woman has used her skills to to rally the community to pull off an amazing day of service. And it all started from a conversation where she said, I'm interested in what you're doing and I'd like to be a part of it. So all that to say, don't be limited by what you see either on RSVP or on our website. Um, Take that passion, take that cause, take that first step and call up the organization that um, is of interest to you or call us um, and we can have that conversation with you um, and get the ball rolling and just see where it goes. That that sometimes is some of the greatest involvement um, that takes place when when those conversations first start. Well, that's really good advice. And in fact, it occurs to me, my, my next question dealt with knowledge and skills that are often needed. But it would seem to me, too, if a person, when they were still working full time, whether they were in the healthcare field or or the building field or who knows, educational, it, it really makes sense that they could still use these skills, but on a volunteer basis. And uh, um go ahead and find organizations that they might have a, an interest in working with to, to do that. I sounds like that's what you see a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when volunteers sign up, is, is there a time commitment that is required of these volunteers? 
It really depends. And, and I really see it as a dance. There are some definite um, requirements with some of the volunteer opportunities. For example, our partner doorways for women and families. Um, given the nature of what they do, working with women who um, are, are survivors um, and have just been through tremendous crisis, the nature of that volunteer work certainly requires um, a lot of training and a, a huge commitment in training. And then obviously, if they've invested in that kind of training, they're going to want certain commitments of, of that skill level of volunteer. That's very different from um, an opportunity where they might need food distribution for one day coming up on a Saturday. Um, sometimes we call those the one and done. So I think there's there's a, a gamut of ways that people can be engaged. Um, and sometimes you just have to try on different things. It's like dating. You have to <laughs> date different people and then you find the right fit for you. And, and, and so it's a matter of taking that first step and then seeing what's out there. But there are a variety of options out there. Everything from a one and done, um, like some of the opportunities that are MLK Day of Service, to really long-term commitments, whether it's tutoring or working with um, women and survivors who um, need the support through doorways. So, so there's a variety of ways and a variety of time commitments for, for a variety of people. And do these older adult volunteers, must they live in Arlington? I'm wondering whether or not they would uh, want to volunteer through Volunteer Arlington or retired senior volunteer program. Are there certain residential requirements for volunteers? You know, what we've found is people are living and breathing and working in a variety of different jurisdictions. I know the head of Volunteer Fairfax and the head of Volunteer Alexandria and I meet occasionally and we laugh um, because I am working with Arlington, but live right over the border of Arlington and technically in Fairfax County. Um, the head of Volunteer Fairfax actually lives in Alexandria and the head of Volunteer Alexandria actually lives in Arlington. So we're a great example of the fact that people live and breathe and work um, and it all kind of blends together in, in, um, in the Northern Virginia area. So to answer your question, um, predominantly our nonprofit partners are, are based in Arlington. So if you go to our website, um, that's predominantly what you're gonna find. But um, we strongly encourage you to take a look at the other ones as well and just see what works and fits for you and your schedule. Well, and I'm also wondering, if to step back for a second, you mentioned that an RSVP program is something that's more than just local. It, it's also um, in other states. Is that true? It is. So it is a national program. Um, and through Senior Corps, and, and ours just happens to be the Northern Virginia chapter that's run out of the Volunteer Fairfax office, but is partnered with Volunteer Arlington and Volunteer Alexandria. But if you were to pick up and move to another city, I would strongly encourage you to not just look for a volunteer center that's there, because they're all over the country, but also for an RSVP program as well. Well, and to that point, given the fact that this broadcast uh, will be posted both on Apple and Spotify podcasts, if someone's living in another area and listening mm -hmm. to what you're talking about, it makes sense that they could see if there's a retired senior volunteer program in their area and, and follow up as well. Is that? Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about Somebody probably is really enthusiastic, or hopefully lots of people listening are enthusiastic. So if they want to volunteer, tell us what that process is to sign up. What what do they need to provide? Yeah, I want to answer that question, Cheryl. I want to go back to what you said also. We're part of a global affiliate called Points of Light. So if people are listening to your podcast in other areas, in addition to just Googling, they could go to the Points of Light 
um, website and they could see where their different volunteer centers in other parts of the country. So I just want to make sure I offered that reference because if you want to start volunteering, certainly I'll give you the volunteer Arlington information. But if you're looking at the bigger picture across the country, Points of Light's another great reference as well. Um, but if they want to start volunteering here at Volunteer Arlington, simply um, invite people to join us at the website, volunteerarlington.org. Um, and there is um, a portal where it says volunteer and then where do I start? And you can technically um, just start there on that page. You can browse our partner organizations, like I said, and see their mission um, and read about them, see their websites, um, as well as start to see what volunteer opportunities they might have posted on our website. But again, I, I want to come back to the fact that I wouldn't stop there. Um, I would encourage people to come to events throughout the year. Um, Certainly, uh, we have Arlington Cares coming up, and Cheryl, you're going to be one of our guest presenters to actually offer the RSVP award, and we're excited about that. Um, but at that virtual event on Tuesday, July 27th, people will have a chance to actually, virtually at least, um, meet with the partners. We really want to have those opportunities to not just um, transactionally look at our partners on our website, but also to have those opportunities throughout the year to actually connect and have conversations with our nonprofit organizations, see what their volunteer opportunities are. We also have an MLK Day of Service coming up that's going to be in January every year on the National um, Day of Service. Yet another opportunity to connect with the nonprofits. Um, and again, to feel free to give us a call or to email us directly and to have a conversation with myself or somebody from our team about what your passions are, um, what you care about, and how you might like to be engaged, what skills you'd like to offer, what you're interested in, what your time um, allows for, and, and to have that conversation. We don't want to just be transactional on our website. We want it to be personal um, and based in people's passions and what they care about and helping to find that good connection with an organization that could use their service and could benefit from their service and that would also bring value to the volunteer as well. And before we're going to take a break right now, but you want to give a phone number that people could use, Lisa? Absolutely. 703-528-2522. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break right now for an important message. In case you tuned in late, we're talking with Lisa Fikes, the president and CEO of the Leadership Center for Excellence and Volunteer Arlington. So you are listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM, and we'll be right back. Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org. back. We're talking with Lisa Fikes, President and CEO of Leadership Center for Excellent and Volunteer Arlington. And we covered a lot about if you want to volunteer, what you need to do to sign up and opportunities and, and this, this kind of information. But I wanted to get to how people find out, you mentioned your website already, Lisa, but what's the ongoing way 
that Volunteer Arlington and RSVP notify older Arlington residents about volunteer opportunities in case they forget to log on to the website or give you a call? Yes, we have a newsletter um, that goes out. It used to go out when we first started just once a month. Um, And then during the emergency, we were sending it out almost daily. Um, We are now sending it out twice a month. And so if people would like to receive our newsletter, we would strongly encourage you to email us at volarl, that's V-O-L-A-R-L, at leadercenter.org. L-E-A-D-E-R-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. And let us know you'd like to be added to that newsletter. And also let us know that that you heard about us from this radio show. That'd be great. But uh, we'd be happy to add you to that email distribution because within that, we talk about our upcoming events. Um, We also talk about different campaigns that are going on, as well as highlighting specific opportunities that might be of interest to the community. Um, And speaking of one of the the um, things that are in our newsletter right now, we've got a buy a neighbor um, school supplies campaign. So that's a way that people can give back. We actually are, um, many of our safety net nonprofits had had isolated different campaigns were um, right before school started, before COVID, where people could um, go and buy school supplies and, and drop them off at the nonprofit organizations and they would distribute them to their clients. And this past year with the pandemic and and us wanting to keep everybody safe, um, we realized that it would really be helpful to have a community-wide campaign that supported those nonprofits um, run through Volunteer Arlington where people were able to give cash. Now I know that's sometimes not as much fun, but it's actually what's needed. Um, This allows us to collect that cash. We give the money for gift cards to our safety net nonprofits who give those gift cards to families. What's important about this, Cheryl, is it allows families to be able to go buy their own backpack, um, to be able to go buy exactly what they need. And and there's a feeling and sense of empowerment with that. So that's one of the things that is highlighted in our our newsletter. And if people want to be engaged, we encourage them to be a part of that. Okay. So again, why don't you give that email address? That's the email address, right? To to sign up for that newsletter. Mm-hmm. Volarl at leadercenter.org. And if people are also on social media, we have a social media channel as well on Facebook and on Twitter, on Instagram and on LinkedIn. So if you're interested in learning more about those and being connected, we would encourage you to follow us on any of those social media channels as well. Okay. You've got it covered for people of all ages and, uh, and who are interested. So I'd like to turn a little bit more. You've mentioned off and on now in this interview about the types of partner organizations, but talk a little bit more. I I just wanted to be sure. Now, you mentioned that they're all not-for-profit organizations. Do some need volunteers more often than others? Give kind of an overview of what you see um, regarding partner organizations. Yeah, there's really an array of organizations, some small startups with just one founder. Um, I th- I'm thinking specifically of the organization Read, Read Early and Daily, a wonderful small nonprofit that's um, getting books into the um, hands of children who, who need them, all the way up to big, large nonprofits that are on the ground with food distribution like AFAC. We also um, have partners that are within the county. So everything from the aging office to Department of Human Services organizations um, to Parks and Rec that are posting opportunities. So it really does um, vary um, from 
county organizations to small and large nonprofit organizations as well. And is that, are these organizations just in Arlington or are they beyond, uh, kind of what's the geographic range of, of these partner organizations that you usually work with? They are predominantly in Arlington, but you will find some that are in Fairfax and Alexandria, some in D.C. as well. Um, again, going back to our earlier conversation, because some people are living and breathing and working in other places, it might be that they want to work uh, or volunteer um, right after work. And so you'll find that some of our partners have chosen to post on our site, even if they're not specifically in our 24-mile radius of Arlington, but maybe in neighboring jurisdictions. But predominantly, um, they are Arlington organizations. Okay. And as far as the process is concerned, do they come to you? Do you uh, identify the partner organizations that you think might be looking for volunteers? How do you amass this group of, of, of organizations that are may be in need of volunteers? Um, it's a little bit of all of that. So when we first got started with the county contract about five years ago, we had a big open house and invited um, any and all people who had been participating with the county to come and join us. So that's when we got a good bulk of them. And then after that, we started um, hosting quarterly lunch and learns, inviting um, nonprofit county organizations to come learn a little bit more about us. And we got some to sign up from that. Um, so it's a mixture of them finding us and us finding them while we're out and about in the community. So it's a little bit of all that you described. And do they have to meet certain criteria to be included on your list? Uh, and I'm wondering, perhaps there might be someone listening to this program who is with an organization that didn't realize that Volunteer Arlington existed. So tell us a little bit about what they would have to do if they wanted to participate or get on the list because they're in need mm -hmm. of volunteers? They need to be a 501c3 um, that is a, obviously a nonprofit. Um, and then what they can do is go onto our website. We have a nonprofit portal and they can click on that. And, and it's got the steps of um, how to become a partner. And then once they become a partner, we uh, walk them through the steps of how they learn how to use this portal uh, to post the volunteer opportunities, and they can post as many volunteer opportunities as they'd like, um, as well as um, have the other benefits that are offered um, as being part of our partners, whether it's a table at one of our events, um, whether it's being a part of our MLK Day of Service, whether it's being connected with some of our leadership programming through Leadership Center. I think what's important to note, Cheryl, is that because this is a public-private partnership with Arlington County, all of this is free for our nonprofit partners as well as for our volunteers. Arlington County believes deeply in civic engagement and in volunteerism. And so this is totally free for partners to, to become a partner as well as to post as many opportunities as they'd like to post. You don't always find that in other volunteer centers across the country. In fact, um, they many times will have to, to pay to become a partner and to be a part of a volunteer hub center. So it really is a benefit um, to our nonprofit organizations within um, our county, obviously to our county organizations and to the general public as well. And have you found that there might be some reason that a, a, a group couldn't be added to the list? Is, is there any signs or I was trying to think of if there was some uh, reason why maybe that they shouldn't or they couldn't ask for a certain kind of volunteer if there's any things that people need to keep in mind who are with these organizations? No, gen generally we are open to any nonprofit or county organization. So um, 
obviously we, um, uh, uh, you know, want to make sure that, that they are credible. I've been around. I know my daughter would like to start her own business of a lemonade stand to help some of her favorite nonprofits. So, so she would not be able to become a partner organization for that good cause, which is a great cause, but she's technically not a certified um, nonprofit organization. So, so she would not be able to, to create a profile, but, but otherwise uh, predominantly any, any of those 501c3 nonprofits are, a bit, are open to do so. And they write their own description of the kind of volunteers that they want. Is that correct? Exactly. We we have um, partner training calls um, every other week where we offer advice and support and try to do that in such a way that's helpful in posting. Um, we find that the more clear they can be in writing those descriptions, it helps them and their volunteer management. And it certainly helps the general public, um, any and all ages who are looking um, to be involved. We want to save time and make sure that we um, are helpful and in, in supporting them and in, in posting those. Um, but yes, they, they are allowed to post any and all. Um, and we just want to be a support to them as they're on that process. And are they allowed or is it is it okay if they indicate specifically that they they're looking for someone of a certain age or a, a certain gender, men rather than women, because of the nature of the volunteer work or certain kinds of skills or any other kind of differentiation. I guess I'm just wondering if that's even allowed to say in a volunteer if it has to be more generic and then they kind of rule out whether somebody could perform the volunteer activities that they're looking for. I just want to make sure that I understand how that works. Yeah, my sense is it would be a little bit more general as far as the skills that are needed, um, you know, ability to lift 25 pounds, um, you know, needing to walk a lot if it's an outdoor cleanup, you know, uh, able to do X, Y, and Z, that kind of thing. So it'd be more skills-based. Um, there are times where there are age restrictions simply because of the privacy and nature of what they're doing. So they might say it has to be somebody that's 18 or over. Um, I've never seen a cap on the other end. Um, but you will see sometimes those general descriptors um, of, you know, we're going to need to be able to carry this or drive this or do X, Y, and Z. We certainly saw a lot of that with emergency management as well. Ability to shovel snow, that kind of thing. So so they would list those kinds of requirements, but not so much age unless it was a, a thing about um, needing to be at least 18. Okay. And have you seen over the years that there are a lot of older adult volunteers that are selected or what's been the case? Yes, certainly so. But I think that there's always room for more. Um, and so I, I would say that the answer is yes, but the answer is keep them coming. <laughs> okay. And I think you mentioned this before, but maybe you could elaborate on again, if necessary, is are, do these partner organizations provide any training for the volunteers if that's needed? If it's needed, they definitely do. Um, usually there's some kind of general orientation. I always think it's great when they talk a little bit more about the cause and the why. Um, and many of our partner organizations do that. Some of the training is quite extensive. Others, it's 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 just, you know, we need you to show up at the state and there's going to be a park cleanup. And so we'll give a, a brief overview of where we need you to clean and then you're going to be able to have the green light to go. So kind of like with all, all of the things we've talked about, it really does vary um, depending on the nature of the opportunity. And I always like to ask kind of the opposite question. If if you discover or one of your staff members discovers that the match between the partner organization and a volunteer doesn't work out for whatever reason, uh, how do you handle that? 
That's actually a really great question. And that sometimes does happen. And, and every organization is going to handle it differently. But I think from a volunteer perspective, um, to be able to, to just use your voice and to name it when you see it or when you need it, because it, it's your time. And so if things are not working the, the way that um, you were hoping or you were expecting or not necessarily um, consistent with what you thought was going to be happening, I would encourage people to use their voice. That's the last thing we want is for people to stay in something that's making them miserable. This should be something that's joyful and that's um, that's bringing goodness to your world. So if that's not happening in the way that you were hoping, um, I would encourage volunteers to have those conversations, to have those open and honest conversations um, with their volunteer coordinator um, and see if there are ways that it can be solved or fixed. And if there aren't, um, there might be those times where you just have to say, you know what, this was this was okay while it lasted, but I'm going to go ahead and pursue some other opportunities, and that's okay too. And then, as far as the partner organization is concerned, does then Volunteer Arlington try to help them find another volunteer to to continue the process, or what what happens then? Yeah, so as they need volunteers, they might they might. Um, some of their opportunities might have filled up. And then if there, there are some recent openings, they might reactivate that opportunity and ask us to help promote it. And what we do is when they've posted something on our website and they are in um, need of an immediate uh, volunteer, they'll alert us and we'll put that in our news in our newsletter as well as in our social media channels as well. Okay. Well, I wanted to turn to some of the activities that I noticed on your website as I was preparing these questions. I I had noticed there was something called COVID-19 care for community activities. Is is that still going on or what's the status? It is starting to wind down, but we've we've purposely kept the page up for anybody that's interested. Um, what happened is right in the height of the pandemic, people the community cared so deeply and they were calling us and emailing us and they wanted to give and they wanted to be a part of it. But obviously everybody was kind of hunkered down at home. So they were asking the question, what do we do? How can we be a part? At the same time, the nonprofit now and county organizations were coming and saying, okay, we've had to shut down our doors. We're continuing operations at the bare minimals to make sure that our clients' needs are being served. We want to continue to engage with our volunteers, but you know, the dynamic, the ecosystem has changed, and we need to look at this creatively and differently. So all those things were happening at the same time in the midst of everybody having to do the famous pivot word. The same was happening with volunteer engagement. And so everybody was trying to figure out what does that look like? So what we tried to do to be of support was to say to our safety net nonprofits. So those are different, but those ones that then then um, kind of the, the bigger picture of nonprofits that might or might not have been on the grounds with food distribution or making sure that people's basic needs were being met. Um, what we did to the, the safety net nonprofits who were really making sure basic needs were being met was to say, okay, let us know exactly what you need. And we're going to create this COVID-19 care for community page that we're going to promote in our channels and through the county channels so that people who are looking and want to be engaged can know exactly what's needed. I will tell you when the pandemic first hit, um, the thing that was most needed were funds to make sure that they could keep their doors open and they could keep operating. So you'll see on that page, a lot of it was connecting people to their emergency fund um, funds so that people could give directly. Um, a lot of the nonprofits um, were not able to have some of their fundraisers that allowed them to keep their doors open. And so in the absence of those fundraisers, 
they were really needing those donations and the community really came out in spades to help support um, a lot of them. Then as we started to evolve through, they would say, you know what, we actually are going to, we have a need for masks. And so they might put that down and they had careful procedures where people could drop them off and not have to come inside. Um, they also had needs for PPE equipment. And so we would start listing all of those on the COVID-19 Care for Community page. Um, and whatever the need was at the moment, and it varied everything from PPE equipment to donations to actually we need five volunteers to help us dis distribute food. Um, then as soon as we got those needs from the nonprofits, that was kind of the up-to-date page of what was happening, what was needed, and how people could be engaged and help. Um, that's starting to change and evolve, and so you'll probably start to see that page come down soon. Um, but we've kept it up just in case um, it's needed at any point. But that is why that page existed. It kind of served as an up-to-date current needs um, page for how people could be engaged and involved. Are you also working with the Arlington Public Health Department as to giving vaccines and, and working at the vaccine clinics, or is that kind of a separate activity? So part of our um, contract with Arlington County is to support emergency management. So anytime they have to open the emergency um, operations center, our job is to support what they call spontaneous volunteers. In an emergency, you really want to have trained volunteers. And I will tell you, that's where a lot of retired people are offering their time and service through Arlington CERT, through the Medical Reserve Corps. And they have made a huge difference this past year, meaning those trained volunteers. Many of those are retired, 55 and older, and had a significant impact um, in the world of emergency management. Um, but what we did was meet with them on a daily basis and see, you know, how we could support those people, the Arlington CERT volunteers and Medical Reserve Corps, um, whether it was through recruitment efforts or if they needed um, extra support in any way from what we call spontaneous volunteers, then that's the role that we would play in, in opening that up to the public and letting them know where there might be some needs. As far as the actual vaccines, the Medical Reserve Corps reached out to us and we posted some opportunities for them, um, for people with medical backgrounds um, when they needed that support. So again, kind of the connector. If, if they needed it, they would let us know, they would post on our site and we would promote it um, through our various channels, the newsletter and the social media as well. Well, I can even add that I volunteered because I, with a nursing background, I was volunteered with the Medical Reserve Corps and went to the vaccine clinic several times. So that's great. That's awesome, Cheryl. Yep, volunteer is a is a way to go, and it was a. I felt like I was giving back as well. So, I wanted to move on to DIY projects. I noticed that on your website. Tell us about that. What What are some examples of that? Yeah. So again, in the midst of the pandemic, when people try and were trying to figure out how safely to engage their volunteers with the needs that were there at the nonprofits, we started to hear some volunteer centers across the country that were um, creating um, projects for people to do at home. And so those DIY projects, do-it-yourself-at-home projects, um, started to take off in Arlington. And as I talked to other volunteer centers across the country, and they hear about the creativity that our um, nonprofits used in the midst of the pandemic, um, it was really inspiring, not only for me, but for other people to hear about those creative ways that people were able to give back. So it was everything from um, a do-it-yourself, create a, a welcome kit for somebody that was going to be coming into a shelter or um, a do-it-yourself project that might be putting together food or might be putting together um, 
homework kits. Um, I loved one of the ones that Bridges to Independence did, the um, anti-boredom kits, because when you think about all these kids um, that were at home this past year, um, and certainly um, how challenging and difficult that was for the parents, and then you add in all the other challenges um, that people might be facing, those anti-boredom kits are a wonderful way to, to let families know that um, their community cared for them and supported them. So lots of creative ways for people to do those projects safely at home, drop them off safely at the nonprofit locations in a way that um, was a comfortable, easy way to be engaged and involved. There were also some other creative volunteer um, projects that were virtual. So whether that was virtual tutoring that took place with some of our nonprofit partners like Aspire and with AHC um, properties. Also, there were uh, opportunities to advocate for the causes that you care about. One of my favorite things that people talked about, and I, I saw people of all ages, not just teenagers, but but um, older adults as well, becoming volunteers for causes that they cared about. So um, they would sign up with an organization as one of their volunteers. They would get language of how they could promote um, the work that that organization was doing, and they tweeted about it. So they became a tweeter, or as we called it in our world, a volunteer. That's a great title, Volunteers. Yeah. I've never heard of that one before. So are these DIY projects still going on as, again, things are opening up? They are. And, and what we found, um, as we're finding in a lot of things with the pandemic, the things that were created and invented during the pandemic, there are a lot of those things that are going to continue. Because I will tell you, um, these, these DIY projects made a difference. I, I've heard countless stories from nonprofits who said, you know what, those, whether it was the anti-boredom kits, whether it was food um, baskets that came together, whether it was care packages, whatever the case may be, they said it it has been a win-win for everybody and and they've involved it they've enjoyed um, being a part of it and their clients have really benefited um, from those projects. I know my family participated in one of these DIY projects and it was super fun for our whole family um, and our daughter Harper to go and pick out things and then um, put together a little shower caddy kit for um, one of the local shelters and for us it was a great way for us to um, feel like we were doing something, doing our part, hopefully making a little bit of a difference, build awareness about the cause um, for our family, and and certainly be engaged and involved. And the the types of projects is, is that still on the website? I just want to make sure that it people is. can check that. Okay, all right. It is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one we're getting close to the end, but I did want to learn. You did mention Arlington Cares event a little bit earlier. So tell us about that, when it is, and how people can get involved, what's going to happen. Give us more information. Yeah, thanks. Arlington Cares is a celebration of volunteerism, and it's our fifth annual event. Normally, it had been in person. Last year, it was fully virtual. This year, it's going to be virtual again, but with a little bit of a different platform. Um, and within this platform, what we'll do, we're going to celebrate some of our specific award winners. Um, their Arlington CERT and MRC volunteers are going to be honored, as well as um, um, other specific volunteers. There's a Youth Service Award that's being given to a young girl who's a rising fifth grader who's just made an amazing difference this past year in the pandemic. Um, there's a Group Service Award. There is the RSVP Award that Cheryl's going to be presenting to somebody who worked with uh, Rebuilding Together. Um, there's a Distinguished Corporate Service Award that's being given to Accenture this year. Distinguished County Service Awards and the Lifetime of Service. But in addition to those specific awards, we're also going to honor people who have given 100 hours of service or more 
to our various partner organizations this past year. And when you think about it, when the face of volunteerism changed this past year, that's something else that people were able to give 100 hours this past year. Um, additionally, we're going to have some of our nonprofit organizations there. So if any of your listeners are interested in coming and, and having one-on-one -on -one conversations virtually using this platform with any of our nonprofit partners to maybe start the conversations on how they might serve moving forward, um, there'll be that opportunity to do so as well. The platform is such where it will be virtual, but it's not your normal Zoom. It's going to allow for one-on-one -on -one conversations at different points. Um, so we invite any and all who are interested to register on our website, volunteerarlington.org, and you'll be able to click through to the event and, and sign up. It is free for all, but we ask that people register so that they can have the link beforehand and be able to tune in on Tuesday, July 27th from 5.30 p.m. until 6.30 p.m. And they can access this on your website, is that correct? Yes, they can. They can register there. And and mm -hmm. are are you sending this out also to a large listserv too to make sure that people um get this information? We are. It's in our newsletter every other week. Okay. Um that we've been promoting and um it's also going to be on our social media channels as well. Well, I think that's sounds like a lot of fun to and I'm looking forward to. It. I'm very honored to be able to make that that presentation. I also just another quick question, do you see any changes or new things that you'll be doing as things start opening up in terms of volunteer Arlington that you're going to try or uh implement or what would you tell us? Yeah. So when I referenced Points of Light earlier, um, that's the global organization that brings together volunteer centers and looks at the latest trends and offers frameworks um, in which we can all operate. Um, what we're really trying to concentrate on and, and think about is that larger civic engagement circle, that volunteerism Sometimes we think of it looking a certain way, but it really could be much larger than that. And so we're going to be doing some work around um, teaching the different ways that people can be engaged and in civic engagement. So we've just started in our newsletter talking about the various uh, ways that people can be involved and we're connecting them to the resources available from Points of Light to um, to really kind of raise the civic IQ of our community in such a way and, and remind people of the many different ways that they can be engaged in, in, in civic engagement, whether it's through donating, through how they purchase, through how they vote, through how they listen and learn about the causes, um, or how they, they do their advocacy work. Lots of different ways to be engaged. So we hope to, to raise that awareness in the community and are doing so through our newsletter. So we would invite people, again, if you haven't um, signed up for our newsletter or are not receiving it, to reach out to us at volarl at leadercenter.org. We'd be happy to add you to the list so you can be a part of learning um, and being exposed to those resources that we're learning from at the national level. Okay. Well, I think that summarizes it up very nicely. So I Definitely want to thank Lisa Fikes, Acting President and CEO with Leadership Center for Excellence, and as well as Volunteer Arlington, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Well, we really appreciate having you. So uh, I also wanted to mention to our listeners that if you want to learn more about Aging Matters, best way to do so is at our website. And that uh, address is www.agingmattersonline.com. And if you go to this site, you can access all Aging Matters radio programs and TV show content, as well as check out the podcasts. On the bottom of the main page, you can scroll down to the bottom to Apple and Spotify 
icons and click on there. You can also subscribe to the Aging Matters monthly email newsletter, and that way you'll receive updates about new radio shows as well as TV episodes. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media. If you would like to learn more about that organization, log on to inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Aging Matters is brought to you in part by Kathy Corridan, Senior Real Estate Specialist. Kathy is a realtor with KW Metro Center in Alexandria and works with seniors in Alexandria, Arlington, and D.C. to make selling their home and moving less stressful and more successful. More information is available at 703-971-7237 or ccatkw at gmail.com. Thank you.